0: Well, hello to everyone online and in the room today. As you know, the last year and a half has been a whirlwind of emotions, with many of us having to learn to adapt to changing restrictions. And with that, we've had to figure out how to engage in worship in a totally different way For some of you, that's looked like worshiping along to your TV at home. And for others of you, it's been coming back into the church building and not being able to sing. But I think it's safe to say that the whole thing has probably been an awkward and uncomfortable experience for a lot of us. Understandably, this may have made some of you begin to question what worship really is and how we can re-engage with worship where it's felt like a challenge in this last season. So today I'm going to try my best to answer those questions and my main focus will be on Romans chapter 12 verse 1 where Paul paints a picture of what true worship really looks like. And having described all the wonderful things that Jesus has done for us in the 11 chapters leading up to this verse, he then goes on to say this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable, This is truly the way to worship him. As we reflect on these words, there are three things we can learn from what Paul is saying that I think would be helpful in helping us understand what worship is. Firstly, worship is for God and God alone. Secondly, worship is our response to who God is and all that he's done for us. And thirdly, worship encompasses every aspect of our lives. So let's start by looking at that first point. Worship is for God alone. It's all for him, it's all about him, and it is all to him. But sometimes there will be other things that will try to draw our attention away from Jesus or to compete for our affection for him. In Luke 10, Jesus visits Mary and Martha. And in this story, we are told that Martha is busy and distracted by all the necessary preparations for a big dinner she is hosting. And she's missing out on this incredible opportunity to be with Jesus and to sit at his feet like her sister Mary had chosen to do. And Jesus so kindly points out to Martha that although these preparations are important and they are needed, the one thing that was most important in that moment was for her to be with him. Maybe over the last few months, you found yourself distracted. And like Martha, with everything that's been going on, it's felt like there's other things that are more important that need doing like keeping your kids entertained or catching up on all those online lectures or worrying about your elderly parents or grandparents? You know, what might be some of the things that are currently drawing your attention away from Jesus? I often worship God in my bedroom. And one day, as I was worshiping Him, I found my thoughts wandering. They kept jumping to all the different things I needed to get done that day, like my Tesco shopping, or doing my laundry, or getting my hair done. And if you know me, it's a whole three to four hour affair. And I realized that with time, I became increasingly frustrated with myself because all I wanted in that moment was to be fully present and fully engaged with God as I worshipped him. But for some reason, I just couldn't switch my mind off and I kept getting distracted. So as I complained to God about this, as a normal person would do, um, he said this to me, Have you asked the Holy Spirit to help you? And of course I hadn't. It didn't even cross my mind. So in that moment, I paused, I took a deep breath, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me refocus my attention on Jesus. And you know what? It actually worked. You see, there will always be things that will try to draw our attention away from Jesus. But if we really want to engage with him in worship, we've got to be willing to do away with all the distractions and to put him first, above ourselves and before everything else. And even though we may struggle to switch off all the background noise, the amazing thing is that we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us keep the focus of our worship centered on Jesus. The second thing we can learn from this passage is that worship is our response to who God is and all that he's done for us. The love he's shown us by sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sin so that we could be in relationship with him. And our response to him isn't limited to music. It's so much more than just singing songs. And it's helpful for us to recognize that although singing together is a wonderful gift and we love it, it actually isn't the heart of worship. Singing is just one of the ways that we can express our heart in worship to Jesus. There are some powerful lyrics from a song called Heart of Worship by Matt Redman, which say this, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. You're looking into my heart. You see, worship is a matter of the heart. And the thing that God desires most is a heart that responds to him with love. And Martha's sister Mary, who I mentioned earlier, is a beautiful example of this. In John 12, she worships Jesus by pouring out an expensive jar of perfume onto his feet. And although her actions are seen as a waste and she's criticized for this, Jesus is moved by her heart behind her actions and he honors her for it. You see, what the disciples had failed to recognize in that moment was that Mary's actions were a costly but beautiful expression of her heart being poured out like perfume in worship to Jesus. And this was a sweet fragrance of love and affection to him. Kim Walker-Smith, who's one of my favorite worship leaders... Um, She's from Jesus Culture Church in America. She describes worship as a continual cycle of affection with the Lord, where we daily posture our hearts to receive his love. And in return, we pour our love back onto him. And this reminded me of a verse in the Bible where it says that we love because God first loved us. So when we know that God loves us with all of his heart. It awakens in us a desire, a gratitude, and an energizing to love him back with all of our hearts. Over a year ago, I watched a talk by Eric Gilmore, who leads Sonship International, and it was called The Ministry of His Feet. And as I listened to Eric speak, I remember feeling incredibly challenged and inspired by the way that he loved Jesus and the way that he talked about his relationship with him. Because it helped me to realize that although I loved Jesus, I wasn't in love with him. And although I knew what he'd done for me, it no longer moved my heart the way that it used to in the beginning when I first gave my life to him. But I desperately wanted to change this. And I knew that what I needed was a fresh revelation and a fresh encounter with the love of God. So as I began to pursue more of his love and to seek a deeper understanding of this, I started to notice that gradually... My ability to receive God's love and to return it more had increased in ways I never thought possible. But even in this journey of learning to love Jesus more, I still recognize that in my own ability to love, I sometimes fall short. But that's why I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit, whose fruit is love, because he helps me to love. So I often ask for his help to love Jesus well, and to grow in my love for him each day. If you have never known or experienced the love of God, or if you have, but you'd like to know his love even more, the first thing you need to do is ask. The Bible tells us, ask and it will be given to you. And let me tell you, God wants to give you his love and he wants to reveal it to you more and more each day. Mike Bickle, who leads International House of Prayer, says the greatest gift the Holy Spirit can give any human heart is the ability to receive God's love more and to return it more. So go ahead, ask him for it. Another thing you can do is study the love of God in the Bible. Seek a deeper understanding of what Jesus has done for you. For a number of months, all I read were the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every morning I would take the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what Jesus has done for me. And I would tell him how much I love him and how grateful I am to him for dying for me. Another thing I often do is that I create playlists. So if you have Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music, um, you can do that too. So I have a playlist that's all about songs that talk about what Jesus has done for me, that talk about Jesus' love for me. And I have another playlist just, that's just made up of love songs that help me to express my love to Jesus. You know, these are just some of the things I started doing and I continually am doing. And hopefully you might find this too, helpful too. The third and final thing we can learn from Romans 12 is that worship encompasses every aspect of our lives. It's not just something we do when we gather on a Sunday or during the week. And in verse 1 Paul pleads with us to give our bodies to God as a living and holy sacrifice because of all that he has done for us. So in response to what Jesus has done, we are to offer every aspect of our lives as an expression of our love and our worship to him. Jago Wynn, who leads Holy Trinity Clapham, says... Our act of worship is no longer to bring a sacrifice, but to be one ourselves. We remain living, but it is all of us being offered. And not only are we to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, they are to be holy too. Romans 6, verse 13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. As I was reflecting on what it means for my entire body to be a holy sacrifice in worship to God, I thought of my eyes, what I watch, my ears, what I listen to, my mouth, what I say, my hands and my feet, what I do and where I go. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it can be so easy to forget that what I watch matters, what I listen to matters, what I say or what I do matters to God. And something I'm always aware of is my need of the Holy Spirit to not only tame my tongue, but to filter the words that come out of my mouth. Because let me tell you, I don't always say the right thing. And sometimes I speak before I think. So I never am aware of the impact that I might be having on other people. And hopefully it's generally not bad. And maybe you struggle with this too. Or maybe it's something else like watching or listening to things that you know you probably shouldn't. But whatever your struggle is, I want you to know that there is no condemnation and there is no shame in Jesus. He already paid the price for our sin. And the good news is that we have the Holy Spirit who is ready and willing to help us to do what is right and to do what is good if we let him. So now that we understand what worship is, an offering of our whole hearts and our whole lives in response to what Jesus has done for us, what then does it look like for us to re-engage with worship where it's been a challenge in this past season? Firstly, we have the opportunity to embrace new and different ways to express our worship to God that maybe you've never tried before. The Bible encourages us, like Debbie said earlier, to kneel, to dance, to raise, or to clap our hands in worship to God. And as we've gathered together indoors, it has been so wonderful to see people stepping outside of their comfort zones to try out some of these expressions. I remember the first time God asked me to kneel while I was leading worship. I was incredibly self-conscious. I was worried about what people would think. And I didn't want to be a distraction. But because he asked me to, I did it anyway. And let me tell you, I hated it. And it was awkward. But the more I did it, the more comfortable and the more natural it became. And now I do it all the time. So I just want to encourage you, whether you're in the room today or whether you're online, to fully embrace the opportunity we have now to try out new and different ways of expressing our worship to God. And finally, the wonderful and exciting thing is that we get to do it. We get to worship God not just today, but every day. We get to offer him all of our hearts and all of our lives in love and thanks for all that he's done for us. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes, we'll give that a clap.